0: Welcome to Moonshot, I'm Christopher Lawson. Last year, in the midst of COVID, the World Health Organization released this very fascinating tool. It was designed to help people quit smoking during COVID. Hi, I'm Florence from the World Health Organization. I want to talk to you about the harms of using tobacco, including smoking. Now you may have guessed from that robotic voice, but Florence is a digital human And she was created to help people quit smoking during the COVID crisis. I can teach you proven techniques to help you quit. Tell you why quitting is a good idea and more. You can interact with me by voice. But if I have trouble understanding, please feel free to switch over to text. What would you like to talk about? When you access Florence, you're brought into a web browser window and you see this sort of digital person and she starts communicating with you. Florence asks you to indicate what sort of things that you want to know about the harms of tobacco and how it can affect your health. Now this is very much like a chatbot, and in fact this implementation of Florence feels very much like any other chatbot that I've used. But under the surface, it's a lot different. Florence is using the camera on my computer to actually look at me, and she's responding to my voice as opposed to written text. Tobacco is extremely unhealthy. Research shows that over half of tobacco users are killed by it. Now, Florence is the work of a New Zealand company called Soul Machines, and they're really pursuing this idea of artificial general intelligence. That is, taking an artificial intelligence system and then giving them humanic qualities. And eventually we'd get to this point where the machines actually think and feel like humans. But underneath that, the real goal is to make these artificial intelligence systems actually believable, because at the moment, you know, we could tell that Florence was a computer. But if we want to actually trust these systems, we need something more.
1: We know from experience that, you know, I mean, and, you know, these are things that we learn from Hollywood um, and the movie industry is... You know, unless you can do really high quality CGI and really high quality animation, you know, we don't believe it, we don't engage with it, we don't like it, we, you know, we react against it.
0: This is Greg Cross, he's one of the founders of Soul Machines. And Greg is really quick to point out that Soul Machines' goal is not to trick people. It's not to fool you into believing that this digital person that you're looking at is an actual human, but it is to make these systems believable so that they can be used effectively.
1: So yes, you know we are looking for ways to close the gap. However, you know, the if you're doing this in order to b- build relationships and trust. The objective here is not to fool people or trick people into believing that they're talking to a real person when they're actually talking to a digital pe- person. So this, you know, you know, we are as a company, we're incredibly conscious of the ethical issues that, you know, the work that we're doing um, creates. You know, if you go talk to any one of the digital people that we've created for some, some of the biggest brands in the world already today, you know, the first thing they will say to you is, I'm a digital person. I am not real. Um, you know, so, you know, because, you know, if you're going to build a relationship and you're going to build trust, you ha- actually have to start from, uh, you know, from that position. Um, if, if you're e- ever going to achieve what you're setting out to do here.
0: On that, on that point of, tr- of trying to humanize AI, why, why do we want to do this? Like, why, why do we need to humanize um, these AI systems?
1: Well, I think you know. I mean, for us, you know, I think there's a number of uh, there's a number of really, really important aspects. So, I mean, AI is you know, AI is is another in, incredible technology that we as you know as as humans as people have developed, have created to enrich our world, to make our world a uh, you know better place. You know, um, to make our businesses more productive, to be able to imagine new ways of doing business. Um, you know, so so I mean you know so you, if you start from the assumption that ai is an you know or the position that ai is a technology that's going to make a uh, you know an important contribution to the world humanizing ai you know it you know is 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 we think is an incredibly important part of it humanizing the use of ai you know you know we think there are many incredibly positive things that you know you can do with ai if you can make it more human like um, you know, I mean, because otherwise you're left with, you know, I mean, as you say, you, without humanizing it, you're left with a chatbot experience. You know, you're left with a maybe a voice assistant, a Siri or Alexa experience. You know, you know all of which, you know, are reminiscent of the sort of the Howl 2000, you know, and, you know, or the Howl experience that was imagined. You know, um, you know and at some point, you know, as human beings, do you you know do you really trust the machine that's a flashing red light on, on the, the the wall that's trying to influence you or you know you know so so it, 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 as I say, does go back to the opportunity for us. You know in our businesses and our communities and our societies to use ai in a way that is beneficial to us as human beings so the, the, the you know what i mean two incredibly two examples that we're incredibly passionate about and we like to think about is you know imagine a world where you know we can you know we can close the gap in the delivery of you know education services and healthcare services to communities using digital people, you know, digital tutors or digital teachers, digital, you know, healthcare um, providers or digital wellness coaches. I mean, these are things that we can imagine, um, you know, that will, that, that will have a much more meaningful um, uh, impact on the world because they are more human-like.
0: I find this point really interesting because I am someone that gets incredibly frustrated by bad technology. I hate it when I go to interact with a chatbot and I don't get to talk to an actual human. I end up going through um, this automated system that doesn't understand what I'm trying to ask. So if Soul Machines can close this gap, the gap between where digital people currently are, this kind of clunky and somewhat unusable experience, and get us to the point where we could believe that we're talking to a human, it could completely change the game for the way that we interact with artificial intelligence systems. Now, part of the way that Soul Machines is closing this gap is through the creation of a digital nervous system. They're trying to create a system whereby the AI can respond in real time, not just to the things that you say, but also how you say them and the way that you look when you're talking to them. Because when you think about the way that we interact as humans... Our communication is not just about the things we say, but it's how we say them and it's the facial expressions and the gestures and movements that we make that can be incredibly difficult for a computer, for an AI system to understand.
1: You know, the digital brain that we have created, you know, is um, is model, you know, creating a model of, you know, so that digital characters can express human behaviors you know, in the process of communicating information and and knowledge. So that, you know, that's kind of what we did. So the starting point for Mark's research and and the research that we've done as a company is to, is is to actually start with neuroscientific models, you know? So, I mean, you know, I think we, pretty much everybody understands that even the smartest neuroscientists in the world have developed theories about how the brain works and, you know, the different parts of the brain, but, you know, um, you know, we only understand a fraction of how it works. So, you know what you know what we've done, and what our researchers have done, have you know looked at different neuroscience research papers, and to, and built models around that. You know we 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 referred to it as biologically inspired AI. So, you know um, you know one theory you can think about is you know um, that's been postulated you know from the neuroscience community is, you know, there are three, you know, three control systems in our brain, in the human brain. So, you know, so, you know, to do what we've done, our research, you know, you know, there's the brain stem So the stem is that, you know, controls our core life functions, you know, our heart rate, you know, the rate at which we breathe, our, you know, Fight or flight response system. So these are our, you know, core, you know, some of our core most important behaviors. So, you know, we've created a, you know, a, you know, in our digital brain, as part of our digital brain, we've created a, a, a you know, you know, a model of a, a, a brainstem, you know, which, you know, because obviously, you know, if you're going to accurately animate or you, know, or, you know, autonomously animate digital people, they have to have a heart rate, you know, and our heart rate changes based on what we're seeing and hearing at any point in time, you know. Um, the second control system that I talk about, you know, or, or we think about is the limbic system, you know, and, and our limbic system is our emotional engagement system. So it's how we, thought, you know, that's how we ex, you know, express emotion, how we react to emotion, how, you know, how we behave is driven by, how we perceive it is driven by our limbic system.
0: And the example that Greg gave here was about smiling. If you smile at someone, smile at a friend or a family member, chances are they'll smile back. It's like an automated response that we have.
1: I mean, that smile is a natural reaction, not by your face or your muscles. It's a reaction by your brain. You know, your brain is reacting by secreting dopamine and serotonin, um, that sends signals to your, your through your nerv- nervous system to your muscles and that creates a smile on your face. So, you know, we are simulating exactly the same types of responses in our you know in in our version our digital version of a limbic system and then obviously the the final part of this is the cortex you know um which is our rational brain which is where you know we can choose to override you know if i smile at you and you don't want to smile back you're overriding that you know it's not appropriate you know i don't want to smile at this point in time greg's not funny or or whatever so you know the you know so when you talk about our digital brain these are some of the things that we do our digital people you see, um, you know, via a webcam, they hear by the microphone. So that's their perception system in the same way that, you know, as human beings, we have eyes and ears, you know, and, you know, and a mouth to speak with, you know. Um, you know, in the digital in the digital world, we don't have the perceptions, you know, we don't have the faculties of smell or taste yet, but, um, you know, but th- those are the inputs, you know, to the perception the perception systems that our, our digital people have.
0: And we'll be back with more of our interview with Soul Machine's Greg Cross right after this break. Now, when it comes to the idea of creating believable artificial intelligence, soul machines are clearly making significant progress. And Greg's co-founder, Dr. Mark Sager, has been working on this problem for many years. And not just as a researcher, but also working for companies like Weta Digital and Sony Pictures, developing digital characters for film, for movies such as Avatar and King Kong and Spider-Man 2. And when it comes to the movie industry, That believability gap is almost gone. But for soul machines, there's still an awful lot of work to do. Because AI systems respond in real time. These systems need to be able to see an input from a human and respond naturally. And one of the really challenging features that we have as humans is empathy. So how important is empathy to closing that believability gap?
1: In terms of creating, yeah, I mean, incredibly important. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, look, I mean, you know, that that you know, creating empathy, creating, you know, building a relationships, you know, creating trust. Um, you know, I mean, incredibly important. I mean, this and this is why, you know, this is why the quality of, of you know, of CGI. This is why the quality of animation is so very very important. This is why the why autonomous animation, which is really quite a unique piece of technology that we've developed this is why it's so important i mean there you know there are other avatar companies out there you know building you know but they're more like digital puppets than digital people because they are they're being animated using technology that you know was that has been developed for you know the games industry so they're using you know pre-recorded content or very crude you know lip animation technology you know so you know while you Yes, they, you know, they, they might look like that they, they, they definitely might look like a digital you know, person, you know, their ability to respond, their ability to create empathy, the ability to, to create a relationship is, in, is limited by the fact that, you know, the animation is, you know, is, is not, um, you know, is not built for the world of AI.
0: Now, one of the examples that soul machines has built is called baby X. Baby X is another digital human, but it's really the core of what they're doing. There's a really great video, which I'll link to in the episode show notes, where Dr. Mark Sager shares Baby X with the world, and he's there on stage interacting in real time with Baby X, and Baby X is responding to the way that he is behaving. Baby X is tracking him around the stage, looking at his face, looking for his emotion. If he's happy, Baby X will be happy. If he is sad, Baby X would be sad. If he walks away and ignores Baby X, Baby X will start getting upset and potentially start crying. Now, all of this is happening in real time, powered by a bunch of neural networks, which Baby X is using to decide what to do, to figure out the world and figure out how to behave. And using a baby as the core part of their research is incredibly important because like an AI system, babies also have to learn about the world. So if you can replicate that learning process, you can potentially build an AI that can behave much more like a human.
1: You know, Baby X is fully autonomous, you know, um, you know, Baby X, um, Um, you know, if you watch some of the different videos on our YouTube channel, you know, baby X, um, can express a wide range of emotions, you know, if Mark ignores baby X, you know um you you know you know baby baby x will and, and she can't see and baby x will start feeling lonely and frightened and she'll start crying um, you know so you know unlike the digital people we're putting to work in the real world you know baby x as a research platform you know is fully autonomous she you know she you know we are researching the ways in which she learns you know the way in which we can train her to express new behaviors because You know, to make digital people more ubiquitous, more, you know, create, make them easier to use, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we're tremendously focused on is being able to train, you know, simply train digital people to do tasks and do jobs. So, you know, I mean, I really, really, um, you know, one of my favorite videos of Baby X is, um, which was, you know, part of a documentary series that got done here in New Zealand a couple of years ago where where they started showing Baby X a, 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 a spider in, in a bottle. Um, and you know, baby X sees a spider for the first time. She doesn't know how to react. She doesn't want to, she doesn't know what a spider is. So, you know, you know, so what we're you know, so we're we're we you know, so the research here is we're it is an area, a field we call experiential learning where, you know, you know um you know baby X learns through experience you know from her parent you know mark that you know she should be scared of spiders yeah you know scary spider I mean and all of a sudden you know she's learned to react you know um you know see a spider i mean and look i'm not suggesting that we should all be you know we should be scared of spiders so I mean at all but yeah, I mean you you know most of us you know you know in in terms of some of our Fundamental behaviours, some of our fundamental brain wiring, you know, and the, the reason we work with Baby X is a lot of our wiring and our neural pathways are formed at a very, very young age, and we carry that with for us, you know, for the rest of our lives. So, um, yeah, that's that, that's why Baby X to this day remains, you know, um, some of our, you know, some of our most interesting R and D. I mean, there's some incredibly interesting work going on about, you know, around uh, cooperative creativity. You know, you know how the how brain models develop when you, um, you, know, you 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 know you're teaching baby X how to paint a picture or play music, um, you know, so you know, so this whole aspect of creative cooperation and creative collaboration, which is, you know, as we as we said, we see this as being a fundamentally an incredibly important part of AI going forward.
0: How much inspiration have have you as a company taken from uh, the advancements um, in uh, you know animation, etc. in the film industry?
1: Uh, I mean hugely. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, as a company, you know, we wouldn't, you know, we we wouldn't have the vision for what is possible here, you know, without you know Mark's career, you know, incredible career and you know award winning career. In building tech, you know, animation technology for the the movie industry, um, because you know, uh, I mean, and this, you know, and this goes back to the fact that you know, quality of CGI, quality of animation is so incredibly important. You know, I mean, um, and and the cost of animating these CGI characters, the cost of building and animating these CGI characters for the, um, uh, 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 the movie industry is enormous, you know. You know, creating, you know, creating a, a single minute of footage, you know, animating a single minute of footage for a single character in a single scene is eye-wateringly expensive because, you know, these are, you know, I mean, you know, Avatar, you know, if you go back, you know, 10 plus years now Avatar was one of the most expensive movies ever produced because of the quality of the CGI and the quality of the animation that the you know the directors and the producers insisted on achieving. So this is this is, you know for us, you know, sets the bar of what we're trying to achieve, you know, in terms of the next big animation platform. You know, so yeah, you know, but though as I say, those, you know, those movies, you know, are all based on actors performing the roles and motion capture body suits we've all seen instances of this where it's being done now Andy Serkis is you know you know great great stuff of you know Andy Serkis you know um you know doing the Gollum stuff I guess back in the Lord of the Rings um you know where where he's acting the role creating the data that is going to drive the CGI characters I mean it's you know what drove Mark from that was to really search for the you know so what inspired Mark from that you know um, you know was to really search for the next big breakthrough in animation um, and the next you know big breakthrough in animation is this concept of autonomous animation being able to take the actor out and being able to you know create um, you know create a, a digital brain which means you know you know machines can literally bring a CGI character to life in in a very human-like way. so that's that's you know, absolute inspiration for us. you know it sets the bar, it sets the standard for for how we imagine you know um, the future.
0: And coming up after this break, I asked Greg about some of the ethical issues with creating believable AI. Now one of the issues that always comes up when talking about artificial general intelligence is the ethics of the whole thing. There's this perceived concern that if we create these artificial intelligence systems that can think and feel like humans, eventually we'll reach this point of singularity where these systems just continue to grow and develop on their own without the need for humans to be involved at all. So how does soul machines think about the ethics of AI, considering that they are trying to close that believability gap? Is it at all ethical to create AI systems that think and feel and behave like humans? Is it possible that we could end up placing too much trust in these digital humans?
1: Um, wow, yeah, really, really interesting question. Um, um, really interesting question. Uh, I mean, and and... and um, yeah, you know, and, and and that's probably one of the you know uh, you know in terms of the challenge that Hollywood presents to us in science fiction movies, it's it's kind of the thing that we're having the the, the most problems reconciling. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Elon Musk, who's a, who's a far smarter guy than me, is you know is inquir- incredibly worried about you know these AI-driven machines that we're creating um, today. Um, um, know but but equally you know there are there are some huge gaps in you know our knowledge and you know you know and and in the roadmaps we have in terms of you know how do we get to you know you know you know how do we make artificially intelligent machines fully conscious or achieve a level of you know you know sentience you know how you know so yeah so look there's I mean look I mean a huge gap I mean what I believe I mean and I guess fundamentally you've got a you know, you've got a choice when you look at the world and what we create as people. When we create technologies and tools, you know, are we creating these things for good? You know, because you know, the simple reality is the vast majority of us are good people, when we, you know, the the things we imagine, the things we create um, with you know, with, with with our skills and capabilities, we're doing it, to, you know, you know, for some good purpose. Um, you know, so. You know, I guess, you know, that makes me a utopian, you know, believing that, you know, this technology we're part of creating, you know, and the AI that, you know, you know, a number of, you know, incredible research firms around the world are at the bleeding edge of. You know, we're doing it for the, you know, we're doing it for the right reasons. So the ethical problems are problems that will come. you know, in my mind, the ones I focus on are the ones that, are already becoming obvious, you know. You know, um, um, already, you know. I mean, you know, issues of you know diversity. You know, how, how do we make sure that our digital world is not just a, uh, a you know a, 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 a mirror image reflection of the the the, the biases, you know, and the, you know um, that exist in in our, in our real world today? And that's kind of a really interesting. Problem because generally speaking, the people who are, you know, who, who are creating stuff are doing it, you know, are doing it with, you know, and they come from it with a set of biases. But you know, these are things that we have to be incredibly careful of. As a company, you know, we want to be very, we've been very, very clear in making decisions about there are industries. And parts of society, you know, we will not allow our digital people to be used for. I mean, you know, you know, we we have no interest in having, di- you know, creating digital politicians. You know, um, you know, we have no interest in creating digital sex workers. Uh, we have no interest in promoting harmful products like tobacco. So you know these these are some of the things that you know and you know weapons you know you know is another one where you know you know you know we we can look at some of the lessons that we're learning from you know the social media era that we're in now and 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 think about you know the types of business models that we want to stay out of. Some of the you know data privacy issues that you know people are becoming you know which are about to be regulated, you know. So these are all all things that 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 we think about you know as our industry emerges and as we you know deal with more and more customers. You know if we're going to if we're you know how can we have you know I mean here's another really interesting one you know you know we we were asked by one of our American clients to produce a digital person of african-american ethnicity or somebody who you could identify and and or could be identifiable as an Af- african-american personality well you know we had a we ended up having a really in- interesting internal ethical debate because at the time we didn't have any Af- African Americans on our team um, internally can we do that with any level of integrity you know um, when we don't so you know, you know, you know that's a you know a challenge. We decided we want to meet, and we we wanted to change before we you know got into you know building and delivering that. Um, yeah. You know that digital person of African American ethnicity. So, you know, so the ethical issues come at you from all directions. You know, some very close, and and the one and the, like and the one that you proposed, you know, you know some ways away. But you know, without a doubt, that you know that they exist in many respects, just about at every turn.
0: You've, you're solving you're solving a bunch of really interesting interesting problems here. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you, you still need to figure out as as a business?
1: Well, I mean, there's there's lots of, I mean, there's lots of challenges. So, you know, in, in creating the digital person experience, not all of the technology that, you know, is, you know, that our customers use to create that, to bring that digital person, you know, to life and as one of their digital workers, not all of that exists. You know, we don't build all of the technology. So, you know, for example, you know, I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we provide the autonomous animation engine, we bring them to life, but the the work you know their voices you know we you know we you know we all work with the best voice technology companies on the planet I mean it's an incredibly specialized area you know companies are spending tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars trying to build the best synthetic voices you know so that's you know we have to plug into other technologies you know um you know natural language processing engines you know the the knowledge base of digital people you know we're you know at the moment the content of natural language processing engines the knowledge base that you know digital people have chatbots have all of that content is created by real people today Um, you know machines you know are not smart enough to generate conversational content out of data today so that's you know, another area of AGI research, often referred to as natural language generation, that's still in development. It's still coming. So, so you know, you know, we have goals and objectives of our own in terms of building more and more sophisticated brain models, you know, that are more trainable, that create working in this area of what we call experiential learning, extending our autonomous animation capabilities to full bodies and in 3D worlds. Um, you know, these are all problems that we're still working on. Some of them still to be solved, some of them aren't obvious. You know, it's still not obvious. You know, I mean, who are going to be, you know, what platforms and what technologies are going to be the the, the important technologies in the the digital worlds that we're creating? Is it going to be the AR and VR, you know, um, technologies that, um, that we imagine today? Is it going to be holographic? Um, technology you know uh, you know are we going to is it actually going to be a become an extension of our smartphone technology as maybe as say apple envisage part of it you know all of these things are still you know um, emerging in a way that we you know we need to understand it Um, so and we and we need to understand it differently so these are these are some of the ways different technologies different parts of the ai ecosystem are going to you know have to continue to evolve um Um, for us to, to all get to where we want to get
0: to. Thanks for listening to another episode of Moonshot. Moonshot is a production of Lawson Media and it's hosted by me, Christopher Lawson, along with Andrew Moon. Our artwork is by the talented Andrew Millist and our theme music comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. If you'd love to connect with us on social media, just search for at Moonshot Pod on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you want to find old episodes of the podcast, just head across to our website, moonshot.audio. And if you love what we're doing, consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com moonshot. Thanks so much for listening. We'll speak to you again soon.